Welcome to Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green, and with me in the studio now by way of telephone is Dr. Sandy Culkin, who is uh, founded People Keys. And first of all, Dr. Sandy, welcome to the podcast, and we sure appreciate your great product. Steve, thank you for having me on the show. You know, I've, uh, I've been a Charisma fan for years and years and years and years, um, and I have the gray hair to show it. So, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start right right in the middle of this. What's People Keys all about, and who needs it? Well, uh, People Keys um, is really several uh, facets. One is that we publish the DISC profile, and it's the most widely <clears throat> used uh, behavioral assessment in the world. And we have a biblical version where we relate the disc style to biblical characters. So it's, it's very palatable uh, in, the, in the church arena. Also, PeopleKeys has a technology, it's a matching technology, where we're able to take any individual and match them to a particular environment, like uh, compatibility with other people, learning styles, compatibility in the workplace, uh, compatibility with how people think and get along with each other. So that's pretty much what we do, and, and we're the largest publisher of uh, the customized disc in the world. That's great. Now, I've used it as a pastor in recent past and in various leadership opportunities to bring people together using disc. So for those of our listeners, and, and there may be a few who haven't heard of disc, but most probably have, let's review disc real quickly and give them the, a, a fundamental version of it, and then we can go deeper. Sure. Well, uh, you know, the DISC assessment, it's, it's basically a tool. Uh, it's a communication tool. And what it does is it looks at the strengths and weaknesses of people. And then it starts to, uh, through a series of questions, begins to uh, identify particular styles. Now, we have assessments when we match them together. We're the only a company in the world, we can match 1,440 different behavioral styles. So what the DISC does is it identifies four basic behavioral types, and the D is a, a more dominant, decisive, direct person. The I is a more influencing, uh, interested in people, inducing type of person. The S is a person who's more stable, steady, secure, and the C is a person who's more uh, compliant, detailed, systematic. We identify these styles very quickly, and then, of course, our approach is that we want to take these styles and, 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 and help people to have mutual respect. People are different, but they're predictably different. And uh, when you understand the style of another person, it's, it's very non-threatening because you're able to say, oh, okay, this is the way uh, certain of these traits, God made them, uh, certain of these traits are adaptable, and, you know, I respect difference in the individual. Our goal is to really um, help people to understand the differences in each other and then to respect that and to have tolerance when something goes wrong and to be able to communicate more effectively and really enjoy what they do and enjoy the workplace. I remember that uh, there's very good aspects of DISC profiles that tell us how people respond under pressure. Yes, we, we look at people in three different, uh, really, dimensions. The first dimension that our assessments do, it looks at a person and how they perceive their environment, and there's a certain way that they think they should function in that, in that environment. And so they start to uh, act out, and usually like in a job interview, uh, you know, sometimes you, you don't always know what you're getting because their job is to get the job. 
But, you know, in the church, it's like, uh, you know, I think I should be this. And it's kind of like a mask. Uh, somebody is looking at the environment saying, this is what I should be. But our second graph uh, looks at how people function under stress. It, co- it goes all the way back down into their childhood and their instinctive response to pressure and how they function under that kind of pressure. And, and you see it. You know, we used to do assessments for the military, uh, looking at uh, when, when there were uh, uh, service people that kind of got, uh, if they were in a submarine near the nuclear part of it, or if they were test pilots, you know, what they would do in a, in a stress situation. And then the third part of dimension of what we do is we look at what the mirror, how a person sees themselves and how they perceive themselves. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And that's really where we look at the graphs and say, you know, that's where we start. And uh, usually uh, they're so accurate. Um, You know, we've been doing this for so many years and have profiled millions and millions and millions of people. And, you know, you get to see the same traits over and over and over again. It's just uncanny. You know, God did a marvelous thing when he created the human mind and the human personality. Yes, sir. And you've even applied it to married couples. I've noticed you've written a book, Body and Soul. Is that it? Body and Soul, yes. And what I did was I, when I wrote that book, we looked at compatibility. Uh, We looked at it in a number of different ways. Uh, The compatibility between a spouse uh, spouses, uh, and actually, you could actually look at it in any way. Oftentimes, people marry their opposite because opposites attract, but then they repel. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you know, we try to make the other person kind of like us, but even with uh, teams and even in the church. Uh, so what we did was we looked at compatibility between people. I also started to look at gender differences mm-hmm. and, and how those things affect the behavioral part of who we are. So we, we kind of looked at those things, and we get put questionnaires in the book, and then gave uh, action plans. You know, it's been a great tool uh, for premarital counseling. The Catholic Church has used it for premarital counseling. We've, we've sold uh, just uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, copies. You know, it's the type of thing where people want to know something about themselves and uh, then be able to understand another person. And yes. uh, compatibility is the name of the game. Have you seen pastors or ministers use body and soul in counseling sessions with couples? Has that been effective? Oh, yeah. Yeah, premarital counseling especially, uh, because, you know, there's so many different kinds of attractions out there. But Mm -hmm. uh, the long uh, effect is, you know, there's going to be issues, and and there's going to be stress factors. And if I know the person that I'm uh, going to marry, and I know the person that I'm married to, I mean, I've been married for 40 years, and believe me, I married my opposite. She, She and I are so opposite. You know, there are times those opposites uh, really can affect things and affect the communication and affect so much of what of who we are. Uh, and it starts a little bit when you start to lose a little bit of respect and then you mm-hmm. lose tolerance and then you lose communication. So body and soul has been used very, very effectively in marital and premarital counseling. Sounds like a great book for our listeners. Uh, I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind telling me, what is your and your wife's profile? What letters dominate? Well, uh, when I'm out speaking, I'm definitely an I and a D. Mm -hmm. So I'm an influencer, and uh, I'm uh, pretty dominant. I'm a persuader. So when I get up on the pulpit or I'm out on a uh, consulting session or I'm in a training session, that's pretty much uh, my goal. But because we're different things in different environments, and it can be so instinctive, when I come back into my office, kind of like the D and the I flip. 
Yes. And uh, I become more direct, more dominant, more uh, goal-oriented, and try to influence people around me and bring my team and my staff into agreement to bring to establish goals, to establish vision, and then to understand their styles to bring everybody into uh, you know some sort of agreement uh, so that we can get to where we need to go. But yet at home, my D comes down, you know, my I, my S comes up. It's like my uh, that S factor. My wife has been giving me a kick in that S for a lot of years. <laughs> so that S keeps coming up and up and up because she's an S. So we, My uh, wife's an S as well. Yeah. Well, she's a great mom. She's stable. She's steady. She has a lot of common sense. Um, yes, you know, that's my she's, wife. Uh, uh, doesn't like confrontation, doesn't like conflict, yep. but uh, she's just as steady as the day is long. Yes, sir. So uh, sometimes D's have struggles with their S's who won't move. They stay right on that line, and they're so stable and predictable that we want them to come up higher and you know go do something new, and they'll they'll be reticent. Well, you know the the problem comes. It's kind of like wearing Saul's armor. You know, yes. David just couldn't do it. He couldn't fight that way. And oftentimes we would like people, and all styles really do this. They they would like people to change to be more like them. It's just kind of like an instinctive part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's like I have more compatible nature. I understand a person that's more like me. But, uh, you, you know, you just can't change people. They are what they uh, are. So it's better to understand them. Um, you know, if, if I understand myself then I, and my weaknesses, I can go ahead and put somebody's strengths that are different than mine around me and respect the fact that they'll do something different and not try to change them to think or be like me. And in a lot of churches, uh, the pastor will try to change uh, a staff member, try to change a worship leader, try to change somebody to be more like them, and that just isn't going to happen. Yes, sir. That's a really good word. I've noticed in churches, as well as organizations, but particularly in a church, that we're more likely to see all four profiles show up in a staff. Well, I hope so, because that is the best team. Mm-hmm. When you put all different, uh, all four of the different styles, I want a person who's dominant uh, and decisive and direct, because they're also visionary. They, mm-hmm. uh, they might be a little confrontational. Um, you, you know, uh, we see uh, one of the great D's that are out there now, uh, Donald Trump, you know, uh, a confrontational. Uh, but you have pastors that are very confrontational. And uh, oftentimes the more passive styles resist that. And, and because it's not respected, they don't get the necessary information. So if, if I'm more dominant and I have a more passive staff, I want to know what they know. Eighty percent of the church is more of the S style, the I style, more people-oriented, where um, you have uh, probably a little over uh, 15% of the church, which is more task-oriented. So because I have so many S's in the church, I want to know how S's think. And uh, if I have an S on staff or an S in a team, they're going to be able to express that. Same with the C's, who are more detailed and thorough and need more information and and don't like confrontation, but want um, want a lot of uh, data. Uh, I need to know what they're thinking. I want to know how they're processing, so I can go ahead and make sure that I'm uh, reaching that person. I want eyes on my team that are very people-oriented and relational and outgoing and motivational, because there might be some things to change to be able to, to hit that. They do those things instinctively, and I want these on my, uh, my team that are able to uh, take a project and, and, and take it to completion and push it along. So all four styles um, are necessary on a team for a correct team, for a best team, 
And uh, you'll see those best team practices if there's mutual respect. That's a really good word again. And I think pastors as a whole don't do as well with, with C's. I've noticed that where the conflicts come in, it tends to be with that visionary high influence, and then you'll have a C sit back and say, but show me the numbers and let's discuss this a little more. I, I, have you seen that type of conflict on a Oh, on absolutely. Uh, a, a, a tremendous conflict, especially if, if a pastor uh, struggles with any kind of insecurity um, they'll see that as negative, or they'll see that as resistant. Yes. And when in fact they should embrace that and ask the C, what do they see? What do they see in their C style as they look at a project that could go wrong? Because that's what Cs do instinctively. Uh, they're very detailed. They're thorough. They'll look at what can go wrong. And the last thing is is a D wants to do is look. They have a high ego strength. They don't want to look bad. So uh, they should embrace. And if they're secure enough to do that. Uh, they'll make a good partner. I'll never forget, uh, years ago, we had we were doing a, a seminars all over the country, and uh, we had a team, and we were planning this, and we, and we had one big failure, a, a tremendous failure. And so we all gathered again to find out, well, why did that thing not, why was it not well attended? Why did it not work well? What had happened? And so one of the team members, who was a C, who really never said much, and was kind of not always invited in because, you know, of the questions that he might ask, um, he said, well, I know why this didn't work. It didn't work because of this, this, this. And I said, well, why didn't you tell us? He said, well, you didn't ask, and you didn't bring me into the process. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I had to only learn that one time, one time. <laughs> good for you. There, there are a lot of us that need to learn that one over and over again because yeah. we forget. Tell me a little bit about your Institute for Motivational Living that you founded. Well, the Institute is really the copyright holder for all of our products. We have 103 copyrights and patent pending, and uh, the Institute's been the think tank uh, from the very beginning. And so uh, what we've done is um, we hold the copyrights on the disc. We hold uh, copyrights on our thinking styles and learning styles. We did um, learning styles for uh, companies like Sylvan Learning, and we were able to do uh, with some of the larger companies that wanted to modify the process because we own these copyrights, we were able to do it. And that's all through the Institute for Motivation Living. And what we found out uh, in the Institute was that motivation is not just rah-rah and some sort of hype, but motivation is avoiding people's dominant fear. People are motivated when their strengths are, are accentuated, the positive is accentuated. It's almost like fitting a hand in a glove. When a person is able to do what they're gifted to do, energy goes into creativity. Yes. When they're doing things that they're not gifted to do or they feel that pressure, their dominant fears are being touched, then, you know, you're getting an opposite effect. Energy goes into survival. Yes. So that's what the disc does. It just points out very clearly the dominant fears. It points out the strengths, the weaknesses. It points these things out. And a, a pastor, once they know this, they can, uh, they can accentuate the strengths of a person, they can communicate effectively, and they can avoid the things that would demotivate. How about giving our listeners a few examples of dominant fears? What do you see in your consulting and working with churches? What do you see most in church staffs as dominant fears? Well, I, I see pastors that are very strong, they're very dominant, and their fear is the fear of being p taken advantage of or the loss of control. And so um, they uh, sometimes very subconsciously are always trying to move people away that would uh, they feel would resist them uh, so that they can uh, really be in charge, be in control, make sure that things are going their way. 
And so that's that's one of the great downfalls in churches because uh, you know they become their own worst enemy. But yet once they understand that, that D style can have a mega church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the fear of the eye is the fear of rejection. When uh, a pastor feels rejected, the, the perfect conflict, uh, you know, was uh, here you had Moses, who was um, more of a C-style, very detailed, and you had Aaron, who was the I-style, who was a people pleaser. And Moses is up on the mountain get, getting the Ten Commandments, and Aaron is down because of the fear of rejection, building a golden calf. And so, um, you know, there, there's that fear of rejection, uh, trying to be a people pleaser, trying to uh, avoid things. Uh, you know, people recognize it uh, right away. Yet, on the other side, it's one of the great motivators and motivational styles. So, um, you know, you start to see these things. The, the fear of the S is the fear of loss of security. So oftentimes, you know, they, uh, their churches are, um, are oftentimes small uh, you know, they keep things secure. They don't want uh, uh, to, to be do things that are risky. They don't like confrontation or conflict. Maybe have a slower time making a decision. And it might be frustrating to people that are more dominant, more uh, mm-hmm. active, more active styles. And then you have the C-style. The fear of the C-style uh, is the fear of criticism and, and the fear of confrontation and conflict. And so oftentimes, you know, uh, they might stay in their room and not come out, or they might... Uh, um, become more introverted or, uh, you know, slow things down to a pace where they can uh, really handle it, or, there's, or it's the paralysis of analysis. So those are just some of the, you know, examples. I mean, there's thousands of different examples, you know, uh, of uh, conflicts between the different styles, uh, you know, in specific uh, circumstances. You can imagine you, you have an I worship leader uh, that wants to uh, be out there and he's good on stage and wants to get into worship, and now you have a C pastor who wants to teach and be on time and everything be precise. You know, there's a there's an internal conflict there. Yes. Now, what about the home? Real quickly, uh, are the fears similar in home? Just they manifest differently. Well, you know, it's the same stuff. Uh, you know, whether it's at home or it's at work or. Um, it's the same built-in in conflicts, and that's one of the reasons that we do what we do. The more people know about themselves and they're honest about it, they, they can see their, their weaknesses. You know, um, I used to joke and say, you know, I used to stay up at night thinking how I could change things, and my wife would stay up at night thinking how she could keep it the same, you mm-hmm. know. So, that's good. Uh, um, it's kind of like, you know, there's a built-in conflict. But the more we understood each other, the more we started to appreciate each other, the better communication we had. You know, I, I realized that at home, my kids were different. Uh, they, were, they were much more like my wife, and my, I had to take my D and, and keep it down and, and not be so pushy and not be mm. so demanding. That's hard. You know, they would always look at me and say, hey, Dad, are you mad? When I, you know, I'm thinking, no, what were they talking about? You know, it's because I had a look on my face because I was thinking about something, and yet my personality and my body language were strong because of my more dominant personality. I can sure understand that because, in fact, I, I was going to ask you, I've always been a D with a, with a high I, and I took your version of the test, a, the spiritual side of it, and it flipped. I was ID, and, and I thought maybe with age and with pastoring experience, now into my 60s, I'm, maybe the I has become more of me and the D is suppressed. Have you well, seen that? Well, you flip? know what? Uh, the, the great thing about personality is it's, uh, that all things are modifiable. And you could look at ourselves, and, and you know, I, I, that's one thing I, I hate people to think about. 
the fact that we that we might tag somebody or put them in a box or you know give them a, yes. a couple letters and they never change. Put a letter but on the their chest. The great thing uh, about personality is it's always changing because as it comes into a different environment, things change. And God is always ordering our steps, and He's always changing us and causing us to grow. And I can say that, that you know I'm right with you, Steve. My my style has changed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my 60s, right along with you, and um, I, I've learned through experience the importance of people, how God views them. Uh, you, so many, uh, you know, as I read the Bible, I see, I, I see them as people with personalities, yeah. and I see how God dealt with them, and that's, what we, that's how we took our biblical profile, because the, God, the way God dealt with the, uh, the biblical people that uh, had these same personalities as we do is the same way he deals with us. And because of that, he modifies us, and he changes us, and he's always changing us for the better. You have a guiding principle that you teach, and we haven't mentioned it on this show. I'd like for you to just say it briefly and tell us a little bit about it as we start to wrap up our time together. Well, the guiding principle that I use is where there is agreement, there is power. And where there is disagreement, there is a lack of power. And I believe if a pastor or a leader in the church can get that down into their spirit person— and they recognize that it takes some, um, it, it takes some doing, but it, it, it starts with mutual respect. If you want agreement, you have to respect the people around you. And, and even though they're different and they look at things, there's things that are, that are good that are there. But they all have to, uh, all of us have to really wrap around a common goal for there to be agreement. And the ability of a leader to present that goal, to embrace that goal, to motivate people around that goal is essential, to be a coach, uh, in, in other words. And then to have good communication, to recognize that everybody's communication style is different. And if we can get into another person's communication style, um, you know, to say, okay, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be to you what you need me to be. And so then at that point, you can establish agreement. You, energy can go into a positive force, not into disagreement. So much energy goes into divorces today, goes into church splits, goes into people, uh, you know, being angry and, and frustrated. And so um, if a person can have that guiding principle where there is agreement, there is power, and use the information that's at hand to uh, make that principle real and practical, I guarantee you they will be successful. I totally agree with you. That's why I like your product so much. So... Let's provide our listeners with an avenue to get to you. How do we find you and, and find out more about accessing your great material? Well, we can, um, you can go to uh, uh, peoplekeys.com, and you can see about us. We also have a DISC, D-I-S-C, Insights, DiscInsights.com. You can go to sandycolkin.com. So there's uh, you know, a number of places that they can go on the web. Uh, if somebody wants to connect with us uh, by phone, um, uh, it's 1-800-779-3472. And all social media. You're all over social media. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a, we have a Facebook uh, page. We're on Twitter. We're, we're out there. Yes, Pinterest, YouTube. You're, yes, you're out the whole there. deal. Good. So I want to focus on people. I want to make things simple. Peoplekeys.com is probably easy for yes. everyone listening. So yes. it's peoplekeys.com. You'll connect with Dr. Sandy Culkin. Sir, I think you preached a sermon today. I, I learned from you. And I do every time I, I read your information, and I appreciate you so much for joining our program. Steve, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 
This is Charisma Connection. We've been visiting with Sandy Culkin, Dr. Sandy Culkin. You can find his information on peoplekeys.com. Thank you for listening to Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green. God bless you. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.